those of you who are staying in the service, please turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet. This morning we're going to continue in our sermon series that preachers just don't preach anymore. <clears throat> I hope y'all have enjoyed this. Uh, uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've heard it. You've all heard it. You know, preachers just don't preach this way anymore. Preachers just don't preach this way anymore. Well, I've tried to hit all the hot topics. I'm not done yet. So y'all, if, if I've missed one, come, come tell me or you say, well, what about the so-and-so? I mean, we, we hadn't hit two of the hot topics, so y'all, y'all just hold on, okay? I'm trying to follow God, not man. Last week, we, we looked at the truth about sin in light of the greatest command, to love your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Well, we came to realize that sin is not equal in the eyes of the Lord. Y'all finally settled on that? Sin is not equal in the eyes of the Lord because there are varying degrees of punishment of sins seen in Scripture. But we can say this, that sin is sin. All sin is sin. The open rebellion against God. We learn that our actions do not support that many, if any, are fulfilling the first and greatest command because we do not have time and we do not give God our time, talents, and our tithes the way we ought to. Well, we looked at just one little illustration proving this point, that we spend more time and money on our phones than we have with God on any given week. I thought after last week, Bob, the, the offering plates would just be overflowing. But, but y'all missed the opportunity. Listen, y- y'all can come after the service and, you know, you know give you tithe. Our love should be evident for God through our actions. Our love should be evident for God through our actions. This morning, we're going to explore another truth that is rarely preached of, one that I have spoken of, but I don't think that I've ever preached from this perspective ever in my my 20 years in ministry. This morning, we're going to learn the truth about the holiness of God, The, the holiness of God. Now, I want to tell you why I believe God put this on my heart. Because we don't treat God holy as as he should be. We don't. We we live in in a culture that wears t-shirts that say, God is my co-pilot. I don't want in your car if God is your co-pilot. I don't want to be sitting on a plane where God is the co-pilot. Listen, God is the pilot. He doesn't sit second to anybody. He he is not the co-pilot. He is the pilot. And if he is not the pilot, the plane is going to crash. Listen, when God is the pilot, Thomas, there might not be any fuel in that airplane. But baby, she's flying. Why is that? Because of the holiness of God. We also live in a culture where where people wear, men men and women wear t-shirts that say, Jesus is my homeboy. No, he's not. Jesus is the son of God, the heir to the throne. As a matter of fact, he has the throne because God gave it to him. We studied that last week. God gave him the throne, gave him the power, gave him the majesty. You know what that all leads up to? The holiness of God. We do not treat God 
in the holy manner he deserves. We flippantly, you know, pay offering to him. But we do not treat him as, he is, as if he is holy. I want you to remember before I read to this morning's scripture that the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. How do you recognize the fear of the Lord? By understanding his holiness and how holy he is. Now, one day I believe we will when we stand in his presence. But we ought to understand it today. Because there are benefits of us understanding the holiness of God. There are also consequences for not understanding the holiness of God. So we're going to see that this morning. Look at Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. Very familiar scripture. Isaiah 6 verse 1, Isaiah records this. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne. His robe, listen, just his robe, his robe filled the temple. Seraphim, has anybody ever seen one of those flying around outside in Georgia? Anybody ever seen one? No, because they're heavenly beings. They're seen in the throne room of God. We, we won't see those. Listen, some of y'all might not ever see them. But we won't see those until we get to glory. Verse 2 says, seraphim were standing above him. Well, Kyle, what does a seraphim look like? Well, it gives you a brief description here. It says, each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another, holy, holy, holy. Now, I don't know if y'all have gotten this written, but I wrote this in my, my Bible years ago. Do you know what the word holy means? Without equal. That right there, Justin, right there, that right there, I could stop. I could shut my Bible and I could preach for the rest of the time. So what these seraphim are saying is, without equal, without equal, without equal is the Lord God of hosts. His glory, His glory fills the, the whole earth. Do y'all know what that means? You ought to be able to see it. If you cannot see the glory of God, it's not God's fault, it's your fault. If there's ever a time you say, well, I just, I just can't feel or, or sense or see the presence of God, it's not because it's not there, it's because you're not where you ought to be. That's right. you, you hear me? Listen, it, it gets better though. Verse 4 says this, the foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah was shook. He was shaken. Can you listen to what he said next? He says this. He says, Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined because I... Is he looking at anybody else here? Is he worried about anybody else and anybody else's sin? No, Melissa. I mean, he's, he's, he's all alone. He, he says, Woe is me, for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with the tongs. And he touched my mouth with it and said, 
now that this has touched your lips, your wickedness is removed and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard a voice from the Lord saying, who should I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And he replied, go. Say these things to the people. Keep listening, but you do not understand. Keep looking, but you do not perceive. Isaiah dulled the minds of the people, deafened their ears, and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, and turn back and be healed. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. Please still us, Lord, and let us hear a word from you this morning. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, bless the reading of your word. Lord, loose me and let me go. Let me proclaim this with truth, Lord, this morning, that you might be honored to, desert, to get what you truly deserve, Lord, for us to understand how holy you are. Be with us right now this morning. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. amen. Now understand the task here. We see what's taking place in our scripture, and we, we, we hear God saying, you know, who can I send? And Isaiah, he, he raises his hand and says, send me, I'll go. And then we see the task that is presented to him. And at the end of verse 10, and it, says, it says this, under, that, that they, they might understand, they might hear with their ears, understand with their minds, and turn back and be healed. These people had already gotten to the position, the Hebrew children had already gotten a position in their national life where they had turned their back on God. God God was sending them yet another prophet to proclaim, return to me, return to me, return to me. But there were some, there were some in the crowd whose eyes were closed, their ears were closed, their mouths were closed. And God said, listen, if something happens, if they hear this, they might turn back to me. That tells you two things right at the very beginning. Pay attention. You better pay attention. When God's calling, when God's directing, when God's preaching, when God's teaching, you better pay attention because this might be your last opportunity. We, we all know that there, there's always, listen, Brother Kyle, there, there, there's always a rim in it. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that you have to be in it. The majority of the Hebrew children, they had crossed the line. They had crossed God's line. And they would not hear. They would not see. They were blameless in the eyes of God. And God says, listen, Isaiah, there's, there's nothing you can do about them. But I want you to preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Warren Wiersbe says this about Isaiah in his writings this morning. He says, Isaiah is great for two reasons. He lived in monumentous, monumentous days. In the critical days of international upheaval. And he wrote what many consider to be the greatest book in the Old Testament. 
We see in Isaiah, Isaiah moved with fearless dignity through the chaos of his day, firm in his quiet faith, sure in his God, at time when empires are rising and falling and his nation, his nation is in parable. It was Isaiah who wrote, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence, you shall gain strength. Isaiah the prophet uh, is the prophet we need to hear today as, as he cries out to God with God's message above the din in this world of upheaval. End of quote. Now listen, church, listen to this question. Those words were written by Warren Wiersbe in 1995. 1995. That, that the world needs to listen because the world is in upheaval. I wonder what Dr. Wiersbe would say about this we just read and the world that we live in today. I wonder what his response would be of the, the, the wickedness and evil that we see taking place in the world today. Now, it was bad in 1995, but just think how things have progressed since 1995. Now, what happened to Isaiah in our scripture this morning? I know y'all, some of y'all saw it. Some of y'all probably wrote it before I'm even going to say it. This morning, as we look at verse 1 through 10, we see three things taking place. We see in verses 1 through 4, Isaiah is called. He's called. In verses 5 through 8, we see Isaiah being cleansed. In verses 9 and 10, we see Isaiah being commissioned. So we see a calling, a cleansing, and a commissioning. Now, we're going to look at all three issues, and hopefully we'll see the truth about the holiness of God. It, church, it is here for us to see. If only we will see and do what is seen in our Scripture this morning. It's here. It's right here. We don't have to look hard, Caleb. It's right here. And understand, God, Brother Frank, God put it here for us to see. But I want you to understand, just as, as, as the prophet was warned, I'm going to warn you, some of y'all ain't going to see it. Some of y'all are not going to hear it. Some of y'all are not going to be changed by it because you've, been at a you've, you've come to a place in your life where you've got enough God, you've got enough Jesus, you don't need any more. Hey, listen, I, I, I can listen to the radio and be filled with God. I don't have to do any more. I, I can do this or I can, no, you're done. You're full. You're just as full as the people that God called and there's nothing that anybody can say. Listen, it, 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 I might as well be, be beating a pot up here. I might be clanging cymbals up here because you're not going to listen. It's not going to change you because nothing else that ever got things that God's put on my heart has changed you. Why should this? Right? Listen, the, the shape of the church is, is in today is due to many things. One we talked about last week. We do not, we do not take the most serious command seriously at all. We do not love God with all our heart. We do not love God with all our mind. And we do not love God with all our strength. It would be evident in our daily lives if we did. This church would be slammed full of people. Why? Because all you did was talk about God last week. Well, I want to hear about this God you're talking about. But church, it's evident in the lives of the church as well that we do not, we do not 
understand the holiness of God. We don't. If we did, we wouldn't be living the way we're living. Now, please understand first that when we see the Old Testament prophets, they were very seldom seen by the people with any admiration at all. When they came into town, Mr. Mr. Crawford, they didn't have a potluck for them. They didn't hold a parade for them. As a matter of fact, when, when people stood on the city walls and they saw them coming, they'd warn the people and they'd get ready, but it wasn't the way that the prophet, you know, you would think they, they, they wanted them to get ready, that they didn't want to see the prophet coming. These men were called by God to deliver a message to the people of God. Most times the message was not one the people wanted or would receive. Most of the prophets were ordinary men who deserved, uh, who desired to, to, to live a life that was pleasing unto God. That's it. They just wanted to live a pleasing life unto God. God saw this life and called them to do what people of the day, of that day and this day, would say uh, is an impossible task. This morning, we have seen Isaiah's calling, his cleansing and his commission. And, and we will be left at the end of this message to answer a question, each for ourselves. Are you ready? Y'all ready? Are you ready? All right, here we go. We, we first look at Isaiah's cleansing seen in verse 5 through 8. So let's look at his cleansing. His cleansing says this, well, excuse me, 6 through 8. Then one of the seraphim flew to me. Now, I, I do want to read 5. Then I said, woe is me, for I am, I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people who, 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 who uh, I live among people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the king of hosts. Church, understand, what we just read was not Isaiah giving excuses or telling God no. What we see is a man who, who sees himself as God sees him. He, he was a man who was worthy of God's calling to be a prophet who, who does not think he deserves this position, has earned this position, or matured into this position. We see a man who was broken because he has been called to do something unbelievable for God himself. And he knows his he is currently unqualified to do the job. Warren Wiersbe says this, before we can minister to others, before we can minister to others, we must permit God to minister to us. You got to allow it. You got to allow it. Unless you let God clean, cleanse you, you're, 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 you're useless. Before we pronounce woe on others, we must sincerely say, woe is me. You got to see yourself the way God sees you. It's got to happen. Isaiah's conviction led to confession, and his confession led to cleansing. Hey, listen, I'm not so sure we don't need to, you know, get a fire pit up here and have a, a lips and cleansing service here in this church. You hear me? What's in your heart comes out of your mouth, and what comes out of some of y'all's mouth ain't good. Do you hear me? And let me under, help you to understand something. If what comes out of your mouth was interpreted by what you thought of the holiness or how holy you think God is, 
It wouldn't come out of your mouth. Why? Because you belong to Him. You identify with Him. And if God is holy, guess what you should be? Well, Brother Kyle, you, you always tell us that, that, you know, we live in a world of sin, and if a man says he's without sin, he's a liar and therefore a sinner. That's true. But you should be getting better, not worse. You shouldn't be sitting idle. You should be improving. One of my favorite T-shirts I used to wear all the time when I was a youth pastor, it was a big sign, a black T-shirt with a sign on it, Chris, that said, work in progress. That's us. What should be we progressing towards the holiness of God? Will we ever reach the, the threshold or will we ever reach our maturity? Absolutely not. And that's, that's what Isaiah is saying. He said, I'm not there. Why are you calling me? I don't deserve this. I, I don't deserve. I am a man. I am a man. Don't, I'm not looking at anybody else. I am a man of unclean lips. I live amongst a people with unclean lips. I can't do this. And the fair, seraphim says, okay, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. Now, please understand something here. Y'all with me? Y'all still with me? Everybody awake? Understand something here. I have never in my life ever seen God use somebody who feels they're worthy to be used. Never. Never. I, now, I'm going to tell you, Brother Jim, I went to school with some men who thought they were worthy of being used, and I've told y'all about them. Well, Kyle, what you going to do when you get out of school? I, well, I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. What you mean you don't know? I, I I don't know what, what you're going to do. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a, a, a big church, and I'm going to be the preacher of that church, and, I, and I'm going to go back and get my master's degree, and I'm going to go and I, I'm, I'm going to go to seminary, and I'm, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm probably going to get my doctorate, and that way I can move up the ladder, and, and you know, I, there, there won't be any limitations on the size church that, that, that I can preach in. And I'm thinking, dude, there is no limitations on the size church you can preach in. What, what, what do you mean? If you're called by God, God's going to move you where he wants you to be. You're out of the equation. All you have to do and all we see Isaiah doing is this, saying, look, woe, woe is me. I am not qualified to do this position. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been preaching as a full-time pastor for going headstrong to 15 years, and I still don't feel like I'm qualified, Brother Frank. I'm not. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I ain't nothing but a dirt clay pot, but he still keeps on using me. Chris, I've wanted to give up. I've wanted to sit down. I've wanted to just quit. And he says, I'm not going to let you quit. What do you mean you ain't going to let me quit? I'm going to quit anyway. I'm going to put the fire of God in you. You're, the, the, the desire to preach is going to be so ingrained in you, you won't be able to quit. That's what's happening in the, in the life of Isaiah we see this morning. That's what's taking place. Ordinary man, and God's getting ready to do some extraordinary things with him and through him. But I want to tell you something else. I have never seen God use somebody who God has not first brought to their knees. Never. Never. I, I promise you, if you, you do a, 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 a roll call in here, or you, you talk to the people who are teaching in this church and every other church, or you talk to any other you know, real preacher, I ain't talking about some sissy preacher who ought not be preaching. I'm talking about a real preacher, and they'll tell you of a time where God brought them to their knees. And he did me. He did me. He took me to the nastiest, stinkingest, whole of a place to work 
at the Charlotte Pipe and Foundry. I was working five minutes and my body was pouring sweat. I was covered in black soot and ashes. I mean, I was coughing it up, spitting it up, blowing it out of my nose. I mean, it was all over my body. It was nasty, stinking place. God says, are you ready to listen now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What happened? God brought me to my knees. I was a hot shot machine operator pushing one button, making $33 an hour. He said, let's shut that thing down. God, I don't want to shut it down. Oh, no, we're going to shut it down. I'm going to get your attention. What did he do? He brought me to my knees. I've never seen God use somebody that hasn't been on their knees. One more. The one I have seen God use most are those who realize that they are nothing, a nobody apart from the holiness of God, and listen, that was living in them. Those are the men that I've seen God use. Those are the men that I've seen last throughout time and not fail. Now, I've seen a lot of preachers who thought a lot of themselves who were constantly patting themselves on the backs, having all these big-time conferences. And at, at some point in at time in the conference, they could not help themselves. Listen, that, that, well, they, they just could not help themselves. They had to tell you how godly they were. They had to. I mean, it was just like bubbling up inside of them. Amy and I went to one conference, and, and this pastor that we thought so much of, he had to tell everybody, say, listen, you know, look here. Woo, look at all these people. Look, look at all these people and look at all these, you know, these bands we brought in here. We're going to have a good time these next two, three days and, and all the money that's generated. I, I, want, I just want y'all to know that I'm not taking anything. I, I, I'm, giving the pro, I'm giving the proceeds to, to this or to that. Why can't you just shut up and just do it? Right? Angie, why can't he just, you know, not let his left hand know what his right hand's doing? I've seen you write about that a couple of times. I, that, that's one of your, your pet peeves. It's one of mine, too. Just, just serve God. Nobody has, to, nobody, nobody has to know your business. Nobody wants to know your business. But you've got to tell everybody how righteous and holy you are. And listen, when people tell you how righteous and holy you are, that's a red flag for me because I'm going to tell you, I, I want to call you out right then. You ain't nothing holy in you. That same pastor in the last two years found out he was slipping around on his wife with his con down in the condo down in Florida. The, the girl he was slipping around with was, was a ministry wife in his church. What are you saying, Brother Kyle? You better recognize the holiness of God. You better recognize the righteousness that's in you. It's not of you. It's of God. And you better respect it. We see Isaiah, secondly, we see Isaiah's commissioning in verses 9 and 10. It's not a great commission. I mean, listen, I... When I, when I was commissioned into the, into the ministry, when I, what, what, what is that service called? It's uh, ordination. When I was ordained in, into the, to the ministry at my home church, I had to stand before a group of men, mostly pastors, and answer questions. And then afterwards, we had a special service, and the pastor preached a message to me. And then after the service, they, they all gathered, everybody in the church gathered around me, and they laid hands on me. And, and afterwards, Deborah, they presented me with a big old thick King James Bible that I could beat somebody and kill them with. <laughs> I mean, it was a big, big old Bible. 
and said, here you go. Brother Frank, we don't see this this morning, do we? We see him commissioned, but it ain't like, you know, what you want. Listen to what he said. He said, and he replied, go, say to these people, keep listening, but you don't understand. Keep looking, but you don't perceive. Dull the minds of the people, deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, turn back and be healed. You do realize, Griffin, you do realize that Isaiah was commissioned to preach these words, not to the pagan nations that did not believe in God, to the nations that worshiped the sun and the moon and the stars. Isaiah was not called to preach this message to the nations who practiced child sacrifice, uh, sacrifice everything to appease the anger of their gods. Isaiah was called to cleanse and cleanse to preach this message to the Hebrew children, God's chosen race of people. They were people that God called to Himself to to to, to the this to whom this message would be delivered. Why? Why was this message to the he? God called them. God, God called them to himself. They were a bunch of pagans living out in the desert. God made this group of people. Why was this message, why, why was this message yet? Why was it message for them? It should be for the pagans, not for the, the God at fearing, right? But it's for the, his own children. Why is that? They turned their back on God. They had turned their back on God. Brother David, does that even, I mean, does that even remotely sound, uh, how? They had turned their back, not on another man, but on God. Can I ask y'all a question, church? <coughs> Just about done. Do the two verses that I just read a few moments ago sound like people in the world today? Does it? Do verses 9 and 10 sound like what is happening in America? Look at verse 9 again. It says, it says, and he replied to them, go and say to these people, keep listening, but they don't understand. Keep looking, but they don't perceive. Dull their minds of these people. Deafen their ears and blind their eyes otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears understand with their minds and turn back and be healed understand church in this line of scripture in this day in scripture in this time in scripture God had enough with his chosen people and he was done he said they're going to they're gonna hear the message but they ain't going to listen to it they're going to see the message but they're not going to be able to understand it you think we could be there today as Christians in America? Let's get a little closer to home. 
Does what we just read in 9 and 10 sound like the actions we're seeing from people who call themselves Christians? Kind of, doesn't it, Brother Frank? Remember that Isaiah will be delivering this message to God's chosen people who would turn their back on him. This message could very, very, very easily be one delivered to the church today. Have you ever looked back on something that took place in your life and said something like this? If only I had done this. If only, Mike, if only if I, if I would have only done this, none of this would have happened to me. Or if only I would have taken a left instead of a right, we have not gotten into that horrible accident. Y'all ever said anything like that before? Well, I'm here to tell you something this morning. That we can look at our scripture this morning and say, if only the people of God would have respected, the, to, had responded to God the way the prophet of God did, then they would never have been in such terrible judgment and never would have been imposed upon them. You see, Isaiah recognized, Isaiah recognized the holiness of God and the people had lost their way. How in the world? Miss Crawford, did this happen? How did it happen? Number one, they did not recognize the holiness of God the way they used to. They just didn't recognize it the way they used to. Listen, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw Isaiah, I saw the Lord seated on high, lofty throne, and his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. Each one had six wings, and with one covered his face, and two covered his feet, and with two they, they flew, and one called to the other, without equal, without equal, without equal is the Lord of hosts. His glory fills the old whole earth is here for us to see. This happened to them because they did not recognize the holiness of God the way they used to. Number two, they did not fear God as Scripture tells us to. I don't know why some of us are still living. I've said that to myself many times. I don't know why God doesn't take me out. I'd taken me out years ago. I'm not worthy. I'm called. But there's another reason. Church, they slowly but surely removed themselves from the presence of God. Even when God was calling them back to himself, they ignored God's correction. I hope that's not you. I hope that's not you. Are you where God wants you to be? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Is there still a hunger and a thirst, a desire to hear more of God, not less of God? Do you feel the presence of God when you pick up his word? I want to tell you all a secret. And I'm not patting myself on the back because this, this hasn't always been this way. 
Y'all ready? Before I read my Bible, I have to pray. What do you pray? God, please forgive me of my sins and where I fail you. I'm not worthy to pick up this holy word. This is your word. I pray that you would enlighten me, help me to see what I need to see. Help me to store that in my mind and in my heart because I know a day's coming when I'm going to need that scripture that I'm reading. Whatever scripture it is, I'm going to need that scripture. Please, Lord, help me to see this scripture for what it is. I can't read this and understand it without you. Forgive me of my sins. But why do you do that? Because, I, listen, I don't want to pick up the Word of God and flippantly read it without confessing my sins. Why? This is the holy book of God. This is the Bible. These are, this is his love letter to us. 66 love letters to us. He loved us that much. We should take it serious. You know what that's called? Understanding the holiness of God. Another reason this happened, the very sad truth, church, is the Bible tells us that many of the Hebrew children still went through the motions of their faith. I wonder how many are sitting here this morning. You're just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. Well, I've always done this, so I'm going to just keep doing it. The truth is, many of the Hebrew children, God's chosen people, they were just going through the motions, going through the motions of their faith. They thought they could appease God their own way, and God told them point blank in Hosea 6, 6, for I desire your loyalty, not your sacrifice. I want your loyalty, not your sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. What, what happened? As Paul Harvey said, what's the rest of the story? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 11. After, <coughs> after Isaiah was called and he was cleansed and he was commissioned, <coughs> he had one last question. Vicky had one last question. Then I said, until when, Lord? How long is this going to last? He realized, Pat, that this was not a pleasant thing that he was getting ready to start doing. I mean, what in the world? How long? How long, Lord? And he replied, until cities lie in ruins, without inhabitants. Houses are without people. The land is in ruin and desolate. And the, people drive, and the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. Though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again. Like the terrapath and the, or the oak, which leaves a stump, when, fail, when, when failed, the holy seed is the stump. None of this had to happen. None of this has to happen. All we as God's people, Christians, what we call ourselves today, we need to acknowledge and recognize the righteousness and the holiness of God. We need to go back to that, that first commandment that we visited last, last week, and we need to love God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength. 
And things will happen in our lives that you would never believe. Church, how we see ourselves in, in, in the sight of God makes all the difference. How we act when we find ourselves in his presence makes all the difference. Our loyalty to God and our desire to learn more about him, to, to be in him is what he desires of us. What does your life more resemble? The actions of the prophet this morning or the actions of the people? Your understanding and how you react to the holiness of God will make you or it'll break you. But understand this, the choice has always been yours. It's always been yours. Make the choice for God. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Lord Jesus, we come to you again asking forgiveness of our sins. Father, this is your time of invitation. I'm just going to shut up and let you deal with this, this invitation. Please bring us to where we need to be, Lord. This altar is open. If you need to come and spend some time with the Lord and just bask in his holiness, you're invited to come. Will you come? As the music plays, will you come? you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, will you come and let me show you what Scripture says each person must do to be born again? Will you come? you can all look up. Hope all hearts and minds are at ease. Do we have any announcements that need to be made before we close in prayer? Any announcements? Yes, Becky. And hold on a second. We ain't rolling dice in the church. It ain't nothing like that. We ain't having a dice game in the church. The name of the theme of Bible school this year is Twist and Turns. Thank you. So, I mean, this is a game thing, all right? Go ahead, Becky. Amen. So let's be in prayer for Bible school because it's not but about six weeks away.
All right? Pray for our, our leaders and our teachers and kids. And the Holy Spirit will go ahead of them. Any other announcements? That's right. Tonight is fifth Sunday, so we are having a movie night here. Uh, afterwards, follow. it starts at what time? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. God's not dead. Three. Uh, huh? Four. 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 How many have we got left? Okay. I know he's not dead, but God's not dead four. And then afterwards, we are having a Fiesta Mexican, uh, not buffet, but I mean, it might as well be a buffet in the back. Uh, bring your favorite Mexican dish, and we're going to have a fellowship in the back afterwards following the movie. Any other announcements? Any other announcements? Grand Prix is next week, and we're having, hey, we're having taco bar next week. I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I'm trying to lose weight. Any other announcements? Please be in prayer for those that I mentioned a few minutes ago. And at this time, I want to ask if you will. We love you on live stream, but we're going to cut the stream because I have a special announcement I need just to, if you were here, you'd hear it, but you're not here, so you can't hear this. Thank you for joining us.